Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I am so honored today to have one of the legends in the speaking industry here with me here today. Uh, Just to give you a context of that, this man was mentored by none other than the, the famous Earl Nightingale. Any of you who are into personal development will immediately recognize that name. He he kind of invented motivational speaking in so many ways. And, and Jim, you had the privilege and honor to work with him as well as Zig Ziglar and some of the other big names in the industry. I don't even know how old you are. Um, I'm happy to disclose that. You've got to be about as old as dirt if you know all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> folks, this is, this is Jim Cathcart. So honored, Jim, to have you on the show today. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you, Paul. I noticed in your setup, you said the shrink who helps you expand your life. Yes. You got to pick a lane, dude. We're either shrinking or expanding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. You know what? I I picked up that that tag when I was doing live radio Uh here in Salt Lake City and my co-host deemed me the shrink who expands yeah. your life and i've just embraced it i figured you know let's well, roll sure. with that. some people are offended by by titles like that but uh, it's in common usage well yeah. i i discovered a long time ago that it's a huge enormous waste of my time to become offended so yeah isn't that the truth wow and if you've got a choice why not here's right? an interesting thing being offended mm-hmm. it's like okay you're working hard to make me feel bad let me help yeah, right. <laughs> I can assist you with that because I'm better at it than you are. Right, right. I've been doing it all my life, yeah. Um, folks who are listening, we're having some fun here. Jim and I got to spend some time, it was about a week ago, I think. We're recording this show in uh, late June 2016. Uh, it, it's a podcast, Jim, so people listen to it when they listen to it. But we had an opportunity very recently to spend some time together with the Mountain West chapter of the National Speakers Association. And you, sir, are a past national president of that organization. So you showed up to share some of your thoughts and wisdom with us. And And we just had a good time. Current uh, chapter president. Current chapter president. And you know what? That leads into something because at the meeting, you gave me an acorn. Yeah. A little pewter acorn, and I'm just I'm thrilled with it. I've got it on my nightstand at home. Thank you. And it it symbolizes something, but it's also part of your brand. Can you tell us a little bit about the acorn, the acorn principle? Yeah. yeah. I, years ago, I was doing a speech called Rethinking Yourself, and I told a story that I'd made up about an acorn that was hoping to grow up to become a giant redwood. Because the acorn had the impression that giant redwoods were the most successful trees. And, uh, of course, if you follow that train of thought, you find that the acorn is never going to be a giant redwood. It's an oak. Uh, And it's not 
only not going to be a successful giant redwood. It's going to be an insecure oak. So <laughs> the same thing happens for people. You know, we've each got a seed inside of us that is our nature. It's our predisposition. It's our legacy. And, and uh, you know, all the generations before us came together to make us possible. And uh, our parents and guides have helped nurture us along the way. So we've got the potential to be really, really good at being ourselves and really, really suck at being anybody else, right? So let's get out of the idea of trying to change ourselves, and let's try to evolve ourselves instead. So we take what's already there and bring it to its highest and best instead of trying to turn it into something that it was never designed to be in the first place. It's, it's, I think the I phrase think that you gave us last week was nurture your nature. Yeah, yeah, discover your nature, explore your nature, and then nurture your nature. Know thyself is at the core of all that. And, you know, but what does it mean to know thyself? It means to know yourself as other people know you, to know yourself as you know you, to know yourself as your creator knew you or knows you, and uh, to just see what are all the possibilities in you that are waiting to live. Because I believe the purpose of life is to live fully, to thrive, that each life form, whether it be an amoeba or a human being, is charged from birth with the, with the challenge to expand and live and grow and give and you know, make the world a better place by living as fully as we can, because that's where our joy comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you hit the joy word, because that's the one that I hang on to. Mm-hmm. The purpose of life, to live, to thrive, to experience joy. Yeah. And really, That's how you know you're on the path. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was, uh, recently, someone was talking with me about uh, this whole concept of, you know, what's the purpose of life, live fully, etc. And I said, let's, let's examine this. Let's helicopter up to 800 million feet. Mm-hmm. You're the creator of the universe. Okay. You've decided to, today is Earth Day, so you're going you're gonna to toy around with the Earth. You're going to put humans on it, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to design humans so that they're capable of living in, in abundant and wonderful ways. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is to avoid you having to come back all the time and say, hey, go this way, hey, go that way. You're going to build into them some programming that leads them toward what you want. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? And we thought about it for a minute. And then I said, wouldn't you make it pleasing when they were on the right path and not pleasing when they're on the wrong path? That makes sense. Yeah, that would work. Okay. And so how do we know what we're designed to do? Well, follow your joy. Mm. It's the indicator, really. Absolutely. That's That's like that little little uh, GPS signal, you know, beep, beep, you know, it turns green when you're on the right path and goes red when you're not. Yeah. Either you're on track or you're not. And there's a way to figure that out. So it matters. Experience, your own experience as a counselor and, you know, a person with, with some clinical skills as well as, Mm -hmm. as just practical skills. How does that play in, in that world? Oh, perfectly. I I believe that our emotions are this emotional guidance system that we have. It gives us indicators, feedback. 
mm-hmm. so to speak. And and the feedback is important. If you get off course, you'll get little indicators that you're off course. And then you do a course correction. I had one of my colleagues say, yeah, course corrections, not forced corrections. <laughs> Very good. Because if you wait too long, then it, it, there's a forced correction sometimes. Well, uh, yeah, that's just like the person that says the way I, I uh, get myself to do what needs to be done is I wait until it's almost too late. Well, that's, that's, that's not self-motivation. That's slavery. <laughs> right. Waiting until you're compelled to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have no choice. I think part of our joy comes from the freedom that we experience as agents, as, as beings who can actually think and act and direct our life. Mm-hmm. That, that is so crucial. So when we wait until that last moment when it feels forced, mm-hmm. that's something that will trigger our emotions as well because that's unpleasant. That's something that we, that we don't tend to enjoy, that feeling. Something I've, I've been exploring lately is emotion and rational thinking. And looking at those two, you know, rational thinking is within our grasp. We can actually direct that. Mm-hmm. Uh, emotions are just beyond our grasp. And we use our rational thinking to try and find ways to access our emotions mm-hmm. and to find that, you know, often we have to just take the action physically uh, in order to, to get ourselves into that uh, emotional track so we can exert a little bit of direction and control. But what I've found in my own life is I don't have much control over my emotions, but if I'm aware, you know, the know thyself concept, mm-hmm. if I'm aware of my emotions, if I notice myself day to day and notice the patterns in what makes me feel good and what makes me angry and what makes me irritable and what makes me bathe like a jerk, mm-hmm. you know, I can see in those patterns places where I can do a pattern interrupt. And though I cannot control the emotions, I can influence the emotions and and ultimately have some control over them. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm thinking about an example that you have shared about tagging the curve. curve. (laughs) Could you just share that with our listeners? I think that's a compelling example. Well, thank you. I I used to be fat. I, I, I currently weigh about 150. I used to weigh 200. And I had always been kind of overweight and and, uh, not in good physical shape up until about age 30. And I decided since I was taking charge of my life in a lot of other ways that I should take charge of my physical well-being and get fit. Mm -hmm. And I could not motivate myself to go jogging, but I wanted to. That just sounds like pain, doesn't it? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself to exercise. I just, I don't know. With, I kept trying to get myself to do these things. Right. And I'd write the goals down and I'd put them in front of my face on a sticky note or something and still walk right past them and go on with my old pattern. So I thought, what could I get myself to do to interrupt this pattern? Although I didn't articulate it like that back then. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I could get myself to put on my running shoes and walk outside. Mm-hmm. So what if every day I made an absolute commitment to do that? I'm not talking about a trivial little thing. I'm talking about making this so important that it interrupts other things in order to happen. Right. And I said, well, I could do that. So I wrote it down. I said, I will put on my running shoes and walk to the curb every day 
mm-hmm. what the weather, no matter what the circumstance, no, no matter, matter how late or early I happen to be, I will do that at least once every single day. And I'll keep a record of it. And, and I did in my little pocket calendar. Mm-hmm. So every day I would put on the running shoes and I'd walk outside to the curb. Well, most days were pleasant days weather-wise. And so I'd say, well, you know, I could go a block. And so I'd go for a little bit of a walk and maybe I'd start to jog. And if it felt uncomfortable, I'd back off and just stroll. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back to the house. And then after a few days, I'm able to run the better part of a block and then two. And, and then I would add one more tree, one more intersection, one more whatever, until I, I was able to run more. Mm-hmm. But some days it was just miserable outside, windy and cold or hot and miserable and muggy. And some, t- some days I didn't have time to exercise. But every day I made sure that I put on the running shoes, walked to the curb, and some days walked right back into the house, took off the running shoes and ate ice cream. <laughs> so it's not like this was some huge uh, strength of will thing that I had going for me. I just needed something that was minimal that I could commit to that would start me on the path of what I wanted to commit to. And I ended up being able to run five miles nonstop, run some half marathons and do things like that, dropped 50 pounds, got in shape for the first time ever in my life. And here I am at 69 and a half years old, There's 69 and three quarters. And this morning I did five and a half miles of mountain trail running and, uh, Life is good, God's great, and beer's delicious. Uh, that <laughs> is so cool, Jim, and, and what an inspiring story. When we come back from this break, I'm, I'm going to dig in with you on some of the principles that you've learned through this amazing career that you've had. Uh, folks, this is Jim Cathcart at Live on Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Experience is not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Aldous Huxley And we're back. Jim, what a fun thing to talk to you today. Thank you. We've picked up on some similar principles and concepts um, through a little different kind of careers, but uh, really the principles are very consistent. Would you agree? I do. Yeah, absolutely. There's a neat thing that happens when we really get focused on our purpose. So you were saying earlier, nurture your nature. Yes. <laughs> Find it. Figure out who it is that you are. If you're, if you're an acorn, you don't have to aspire to be a redwood. In fact, that's not going to work out well for you. But figure out how to be the very best oak that you can be and fulfill your potential that way. 
nurturing your nature allows you to live in a way that is most likely to bring joy into your life. Mm-hmm. When I wrote the book, The Acorn Principle, mm-hmm. the whole idea behind it was to make that book a self-guided tour of you. So that each chapter leads you through one dimension of what makes you who you are mm-hmm. and uh, gives you a way of understanding things you've always known but never could articulate very well right. because right. you didn't have the language for it. And so you look at things like personal velocity, the intensity and drive with which you live. That There are natural patterns to that, high, moderate, and lower velocity, mm-hmm. and all three of those are fine. But people of lower velocity who are trying to live a high-velocity life find it very stressful and experience a lot of burnout, which requires a recovery cycle just to get back to normal. And people with very high velocity who try to live a low-velocity life in order to chill, they find it un- unrewarding and frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're all anxious because this isn't working for them. So if you understand your velocity, that part of that is you can make better life choices. And if you understand your values, there are two sides to values. There's values you learn, and then there are a set of natural values that everyone possesses. But your highest two or three values might be my lowest two or three, mm-hmm. which would explain why we would disagree on subjects again and again and again uh, over time. You know, and you can understand that in couples and, and in partners and so forth, co-workers. Um, so intellect, you know, there are different ways of being intelligent. And if you understand multiple intellects and you understand intellectual bandwidth and you start discovering these patterns in yourself, you can start to say, oh, I get it. Yeah, no wonder that works. And you make better choices once again. So the more and more good choices you make, the more your life becomes custom fit for you right Right. which brings that joy that we were talking about earlier i think it's the whole purpose there you go yeah so this is interesting i think i think that you'll agree with this particular concept there are at least two reasons why you want to find your nature and and nurture that and live in your full potential and the first one is that obvious one that that gives you the, the very best shot at experiencing joy and living a joyful life. Which will be the healthiest way to live your life as well. Yes. Yeah. But that's also the selfish reason. Yeah. Because it's all about me having a great experience, right? The yep. other thing that happens, though, when you, really, when you really fulfill your purpose like that, it touches and inspires and lifts others. Absolutely. So you had an experience uh, think with this. about the, uh, the biblical story of the Good Samaritan. Uh-huh. Well, the Good Samaritan stopped to help someone who needed help and everybody else was walking past, right? right? Okay. If the person who was the Good Samaritan hadn't had his own act together, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been in a position to help someone else. So the best thing we can do to help others is first take care of ourselves. Right. Be in a position of strength instead of a position of neediness or weakness so that we're able to give something to the rest of the world. And, and you're right. Then we are in a position to touch other lives and inspire other people. And a lot of times without even knowing it. I mean, you and I are in a position where we're spreading our message intentionally and broadly and, and naturally our, our, our uh, desire behind that mm-hmm. is to 
give other people something that can make their life better. Right. Uh, most people aren't that conscious about it. You know, most people would love to help other people, but they don't have the forum that you and I have had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've had an interesting experience with this even recently. As you shared with us the the idea of you know tagging the curb, yeah. make sure you get just do something that's doable for you. Now that transformed your life. Yeah, yeah, that was a simple act that was a turning point for not only my physical health but lots of other things because that became kind of the the linchpin. You know, you pull the pin and everything else starts to tumble, and it did. You've shared that experience over the microphone in the front of the room with uh, with people across the globe, really. Oh, yeah, for years I've, I've told that story. And it has touched a few people, and you got some feedback about that recently. Would you care to share that? I did. What's Brad's last name? Brad Barton. Brad Barton. Brad Barton is a world-class runner, yes, and he's he also is. a speaker. And uh, he's also the father of, of an even better runner. I mean, this, he's an amazing individual. He's the kind of guy that when you're around him, whether you know him or not, you just pick up his energy. Right. Because you can see he's a joyful guy who's kind of on a mission or something. I mean, he's got something going on. And folks, yeah. if you want to review, Brad's been on the show a couple of times. He's a dear friend of mine. Good. And has shared some of those principles here at Live On Purpose Radio. So you can review the archives and find that. But Outstanding. Continue with the story. We're sitting at lunch together. I had the good fortune to sit right beside him. And he said, I wanted to share something with you. He said, you know that story you tell about uh, going out and tagging the curb with your running shoes on? I said, yeah. He said, I think about it every day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, here's a world-class runner, a guy that you wouldn't think would even have a moment's hesitation when it comes to showing up for his fitness activity. Right. And yet, that simple little story was able to inspire him. Thank right. you. And when you say world-class runner, Jim, he holds at least two world records that I know of, and probably others. But he, he's got the Masters Mile and the 3,000-meter steeplechase. He owns those. Wow. World records. Wow. So you said something else that really caught my attention, and it, and it resonated with me as a speaker and as a presenter when you said we're not speaking to them, we're speaking through them. Isn't that the truth? And yeah. here you inspired Brad Barton, and he inspires hundreds of thousands of people with his powerful message and with yeah. his remarkable achievements. So it's Good just this, this yeah. beautiful process where we lift each other and then that has a huge impact that we can't even see. Yeah. It's that ripple effect. Yeah. I, my grandson, I, I don't know if I told this story when I was with you last, but I gave him a business card when he was 10 years old. Mm. And uh, the business card said Cathcart Institute, Jason Cathcart Problem Solver. Because I'd noticed that as a, as a young child, he would always kind of look at things and study them and then suggest changes that would solve a problem or open a possibility or something. And so I, I dubbed him problem solver and gave him business cards. And here he is, a 10-year-old kid. And I went to his school on his birthday and gave those cards to him. And his mom's a teacher at that school. 
And I called her at the end of the day and I said, what happened with Jason and his business cards? She said, every kid in the school now has one of his business cards. And I laughed and I said, well, when I gave them to him, he said, what are these? And I said, it's a business card. And he said, what's a business card? And I explained the use of business cards. And then he says, what does it mean problem solver? And I explained that. And what is Cathcart Institute? And I explained that. And she said, yeah. And now then he has explained that to what 50 other kids today Mm. so my 10 year old grandson 50 times in one day and i'm making that number up i don't know what it was but it was dozens it was explaining what a business card is explaining what cathcart institute is and explaining what a problem solver is Mm -hmm. (laughs) what do you bet he remembers that oh yeah yeah i mean that created a deep lasting imprint and that was my whole intention in the first place in giving that card because I wanted to speak through him, not just to him. Yes. It, it's a beautiful compensation. What, what was it Emerson said about that? Yeah. He, he wrote a, a, a thesis or something, a, a document called compensation. And he said, it's one of the great compensations in life that no one can sincerely endeavor to help another without in turn helping themselves. Right. Right. So there's that dual purpose, and yes, it makes our life better, but that's only the selfish part. Yeah. And and not to be ignored, though. I mean, that's our whole purpose is to live joyfully. So as we accomplish that, we are fulfilling our purpose. I got a call the other day from a colleague who uh, was experiencing depression and at the same time out of work and not sure what to do next. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she's a woman with a lot of talent, but she was just in a tough situation. Sure. Sure. And I said, she said, what do I do? And I said, well, first off, I don't have clinical skills, so I'm not, I'm not trained for this. I said, but I've got practical skills. And let me just tell you this, based on what I have been exposed to over the years, the best thing you can do when you are depressed and feeling in despair is help someone. She said, what? I said, get out of in front of that mirror and look at somebody else's situation and look for a way to help, a problem to solve, a thing to do, a nice thing to say, a piece of trash to pick up, a door to close that should have been closed uh, or or opened for someone who's coming through. Help someone carry a package, uh, call a business and say, you know, I I don't do business with you, but I noticed something the other day and I'm in the field of X and and, uh, I think this would help your business. You know, have a nice day. Well, when you do that, when you get the focus off of you and onto other people, then you start experiencing joy again and you stop experiencing depression because depression's always you dragging you further down the rabbit hole, right? It's it, like we were saying off the air, you know, someone says some awful things to you and you say, oh, you think that's bad. Hey, I can make me feel even worse. And so then you start piling on with your own thoughts and feelings and focus on nothing but, and then you become more depressed than you were to start with. Because <laughs> you're so much better at beating yourself up than anybody else is at beating you up. <laughs> yeah, because you can't get away from you. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, and I'm glad you said it, Jim. I'm the shrink, so I'm always talking to people about depression, anxiety, how, to, how you get on top of that. And sometimes it just sounds like psychobabble. Yeah, but from the experience and the rich, abundant life that that you have experienced, you're finding exactly the same 
principles and outcomes uh, that we're finding through the research and through the clinical literature. You know, it's uh, Dr. Kenneth McFarland was one of my my uh, real inspirations. I had a chance to know him briefly. He was a wonderful orator back in the in the seventies and eighties. And mm-hmm. Dr. McFarland said, "Principles endure. Right. right. You know, techniques might change, situations change, but the basic principles endure." And everybody discovers the principles either subconsciously or, or consciously. And so we know when we've stumbled over a principle, but a lot of times we don't recognize it because we don't, we don't, we haven't thought about it. And so there's no file to put it in up here. Right. When I, when I'm giving a speech and this may be true for you as well, what I'm hoping to do with my audience is to open some files in their head that haven't been created before or open existing files and put new material in there to rearrange what they already know in a more useful and more helpful way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not about bringing bold new discoveries necessarily. It may be that what I say is something they've known all their life, but all of a sudden they're saying, wow, I never thought about it like that, Paul. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Right. Yeah. It clicks, and then that makes a difference. Yep. Jim, we could go on for hours. (laughs) Yes, we could. I think um, for this episode, we've covered some some good ground, and I, I like the way you brought it right back to principle. You've got some resources available. Uh, you mentioned your book, the uh, the Acorn Principle, uh-huh. but that's only one of probably dozens that you've written and produced. You've got audio programs. You do speaking and training and all kinds of fun things like that. What is the best way for our listeners to connect with you or to find some of these resources? Just send large checks and and tons of cash to my yes. homes. Uh, that would be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Failing that, here's a better better suggestion. <laughs> Go to Cathcart, C-A-T-H-C-A-R-T, Cathcart.com, and uh, explore. There's 738 pages of resources there, videos to watch for free. Uh, you know, if you want to order my books, you can order them through the shop on that website. Uh, yeah, or look me up on YouTube or, or Facebook or LinkedIn. You know, I'm I'm out there. You'll be able to find him. That's Jim Cathcart, spelled C-A-T-H-C-A-R-T. And cathcart.com is the resource. So you can read or listen to your heart's content. Well, excellent. Jim, I want to give you an opportunity to just share one last thought or message with our audience as we wrap up here today. What, What would you like to leave them with? I'd like to leave them with a question. And I want them to ask themselves this question as often as they find the opportunity to ask it. Every day, ask yourself, how would the person I'd like to be do the things I'm about to do? With that question, you think of things that are ordinary and before you right now from a higher point of view, from the future you instead of the current you. And so it tends to sort of enhance or upgrade everything you do. Powerful, powerful concept. (laughs) Folks, this has been Jim Cathcart at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining us today. My honor. And it's time, everybody, 
Go live on purpose.